Are we at it, Peter? We are. Oh my God. Okay. Well, I'm obviously, I'm, I've been in a tizzy all day and I don't mean to start coming in heavy because this energy on this podcast is supposed to be like kind of relaxed, kind of like a lower tier of energy from FEK fame kind of a get in. And my voice is still going to be kind of lower today because I am losing it and gaining it back. But this whole speeding ticket thing has gotten the world in a tizzy. The biggest storyline in wrestling right now is Effie and the speeding ticket. It's unbelievable. Uh, Cardona obviously brought more attention to it because that's what he does, which in revealing, which we'll get to, his dad is a cop. We'll get back to it. Okay. So you were in the car with me, Peter. Yes. Now, will you describe the, the situation that we were driving in? Okay, so I mean, we it's seventy five. Yeah, like, true, but we had we had circumstances before that. There was trouble leaving Atlanta, and then once we were physically in the car, there was trouble getting outside of the city. So we like needed to make time up at that point. Which and we're gonna just stand by this now, and I'm not gonna backtrack. Speeding is dangerous and irresponsible. But you're right. We were making up some time, but this is now exiting the state. So now what you've put here is exiting the home. We had trouble exiting the city. We had trouble exiting the state. This is the last stop before you get to Florida. This is like South Georgia cops picking them off with a laser exiting the state. We had trouble. Once we got through there, I think we were okay. But okay. Was it like, was, was I passing a school zone? Was this a school zone? I don't think so. I mean, it's a, it's an interstate, right? Yeah. It was like a middle of nowhere, South Georgia. And I don't feel like I was really going more than what traffic was going. I think it, I just it really, got... I, I know, I know it sounds a little bit like I'm defending it. No, it please didn't go. feel like anything more than slightly above what everyone else was driving. If that like you, I'm like, I've said this before. I'm yeah. a really nervous passenger. You didn't really make me that nervous. Oh, and, um, may, I mean, maybe you should, maybe I should, but maybe, I don't know. Maybe there's other trust levels to it either way. Okay. I get pulled. I accept the responsibility of the ticket. Could I have called a lawyer? Could I have called a lawyer? I had lawyers texting me. I had very prominent lawyers texting me from the world of wrestling saying, what are you doing? And I said, I'm not, I'm not going into this deeper. All right. The man pulled me out of the car twice. I didn't even notice on the ticket it said that he had tested me for a DUI. He had it marked on there that I'd been tested Was for a DUI. Was that him asking you if that... It was based Why it on the smelled odor. like marijuana. It was based on the odor. smoke in the car, but it had been a minute. Yeah, that is. Is that, that is a DUI check? He pulled me out of the car twice to check, and he did ask some pretty interesting questions about the odors of the car, which, you know, I lied. <laughs> but we did move on our way. I didn't think much at it. I was literally, when I posted this thing last night, I was going through doing all the things I need to do. Like, I'm like, let me answer emails. Let me pay my freaking fees. Let me pay my fines. Let's check the finances. And I logged on and I said, there's no way it's this high. This is unbelievable. But I said, you know what? Could I deal with this? It's South Georgia. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to go to court. Lucy's up here now. And I said, fuck it. You know what? You're not going to own me like this. I'm out. I'm done. Guess what? $1,100 later, I paid it. Now, I made a stupid poll on Twitter that was like, how much was Effie's park or speeding ticket? And I put a bunch of dumb answers. The winning answer was not $1,154, but the winning answer, I posted under it immediately, like one hour after I posted it, the receipt for me paying the ticket. And I put my cash app tag and I put LOL. All right. And here's the second point we're getting to today. 
Last Thursday, I was featured in Business Insider. You familiar with Business Insider? Yes. We haven't discussed this yet, have we, on the show? No, no, no. Okay, because we yet. were off last mm-hmm. week. And so now the narrative of this awesome article, which kind of chronicles my career, check it out. It's really incredible. They finally understand the nuances of me past just being like, look at that gay boy wrestler being loud and making stuff up or whatever. You support my favorite thrift store in Atlanta. Yes, Lost and Found Youth, mm-hmm. best of the best. There's it a is. few in Atlanta that help with uh, queer outreach, but with Lost and Found Youth, they do the job training, they do the, uh, they do the job placement, they do housing, they do developmental skills. It's kind of an all-inclusive place where LGBTQ people who have found themselves in hard places can go. And yeah, I have donated in total to all the charities I've donated to this year. The total amount is around seven thousand dollars from from me. From y'all buying stuff that I can donate the money to. So we're taking care of the people out here. We just took care of the kids out here. We do a lot of good stuff for the community. Sometimes I got to pay fines. Okay. But this twisted narrative of I was begging and grifting my fans to pay this ticket off. Number one is so stupid because I'm going to pay the ticket based on money I have. And money I have is only from wrestling and Twitch and being effy. So like in the end... The funnel is going to pay for itself anyway. Have I go funded it? No, I've put out a, a product. I have performed. I have entertained. I've made stock in items that you want to purchase and wear. That is not a grift. That is me performing and being. By adding my cash tag, I thought we were all aware of sarcastic cash tags. And I put it with an LOL. You know what it got me? It didn't get me any donations. It did. It got me one $10 donation. But it also got me about 20 fucking Matt Cardona fans requesting my cash app for thousands of dollars over and over again, trying to trick me into accepting it so it would actually pay them instead of paying me. I'm not that stupid. But it brings us back to like, you cannot ever assume nuance is understood. And you cannot ever assume people are on your team. There are plenty of people who are out there like looking for me to do something where they can jump on me. They don't like me. I'm too loud. I'm very pointed. I'm direct. I'm objectively not nice to a lot of their favorites. And so when they have these moments where they can go, look at this fucking grifter trying to get everyone to pay his speeding ticket while he's driving through a school zone killing children, it's like, okay, what? this is exhausting. Or they're where going, the school zone think of? They're saying it must be a school zone or a construction zone if the fee is that high, but they're super speed. I've had tickets in Florida. Yeah, like it's insane. They add super speeder fees. If you've had tickets before, you're a offender of the speed. So, like, guess what? I I used to drive 15 to 20,000 miles a year when I was living in Florida. I've gotten speeding tickets before in South Georgia. You're the only person out on the road and it's 3 a.m. They're going to pull you, they're going to give you a ticket. There's little towns designed for this. So, yeah, I understand the fee is crazy. It was crazy to me, too. Either way, Business Insider article, check that out. They were all saying that since it is reported in this article that I make over six figures, that it it must mean that I am grifting everybody out of their money if I need someone to pay my uh, speeding ticket, which I don't. I don't need any. I should have never. I deleted this stupid picture, and I'm done with it. The article is incredible. Shout out to Andrew Ward. Please check that out. And what I think this does, though, Peter, and what I'm learning about myself is that it cements this sort of magical mythos canon about me that will continue to grow and be more strange and be more productively sent across time. And that's what rock and roll is about. And that's what rock and roll fables are about. Rock and roll fables is an awesome website and they are covering all sorts of digital media. They're covering movies. They're covering shows. They're covering anime. They're covering rock and roll, of course. And it's easy to step in and kind of get perspective on the things that you want to learn about the stuff you want to see at R and R fables. If you want to get them on Twitter or at, at rock and roll fables.com. Is that correct? Or is mm-hmm. it R and R fables.com? 
I don't want to mess this up. It's rockandrollfables.com. Rockandrollfables.com, like in like rock and roll. And I think the most exciting thing about being a part of my own rock and roll fable is that over time, these stories will get sort of passed on. They'll get legendarily uh, telephoned down the line and people will have opinions of me before they've ever met me or known me or known the truth about me. But that is what the beauty of the growth of myth is. Now, I want to start this week before we get into everything by saying, Peter, I've been trying to use my time much more productively on the road than how I'd previously been using it because I had been... Uh, playing a lot of mobile games. I'd been listening to podcasts, but not doing anything, people watching. And now I've decided I'm going to start reading books while I'm traveling. And so far, I read the John Moxley book the first weekend. I decided to do this. The second weekend, I had a book looking at me, uh, The Power of Myth. Now, I can't remember if you handed me this book or not. Did you? I read this book when I was 16 years Joseph old. Joseph Campbell book? Joseph Campbell book. We had a conversation about it. Well, good, because I read it when I was like 16, and I don't. I think it was lost on me. It is. It, that's funny, though, because it is one of those books that I do give people. Um, I love <laughs> that. Because I find it at thrift stores all the time. And, it's, like, and you're like, oh, A lot of times it's like the thing that people need. Because right. like once you like hear that stuff, you literally see it everywhere, and you like understand that like it is not all that serious, and we have been doing this forever. But I read that whole book in the first two flights of this week. Incredibly enough, just like really got into it, was engrossed, understood it in such a better way, and I think it came to me at a time I needed to hear it. And so, God bless this Joseph Campbell book. I know he is dead now, mortal flesh. It it you know winds back into the carbons of the universe. But we have his words immortally put into this book. Incredible book. Please read it. The Power I, of Myth, Joseph Campbell. That's get the it one on that's Amazon. the interview, right? It's the interview. The it, whole thing the is an thing interview. That's fucking crazy about it is like, yes. The entire is, book is him just being uh, asked questions by this man, Moser. <laughs> and it's like one of the most prolific books right. in storytelling ever written. It's, it and it's is, a fucking, it might, it's like a podcast in book form. It's basically. literally a podcast in book form, but it is, it covers everything and it's so casual and nothing is pointed or rude. And I think if you can come to the story of religion, the tales of religions with that, mode it can make things a lot more understandable and you can use some of it for your own growth without taking all of it with you without necessarily needing all of the forms of mysticism and seeing sort of the central line pattern either way i started my week on thursday because my ass got a last second call saying will you and alley catch come up here to worcester mass and beat up alec price and basic becca on the uncharted territory episode live this week on iwtv and i said hell yeah, I will. So everything worked out easily. We got it set up. I got to Worcester. I was one of the earliest people to make it to Worcester because I had the lovely Michelle picking up myself and Spain's own from España, Carlos Romo, who I have met Carlos before. We have spent time together before. We have bonded so much more over this pandemic talking. He came on my Twitch stream, and now he's back doing a tour in the U.S. So everybody look at the dates Carlos Romo has. We got in the car with Michelle, who helps out with a lot of the Beyond stuff, and she said, I'm really sorry. We got to go check some things out at my house real quick before we go to the venue. But it was so early in the day. I'm like, of course. Like, I don't care. And then she said, we got to go feed my horse. And I was like... This is about to be awesome. So we go back. This house is in Worcester, Mass, like, or near Worcester, Mass, near Salem, like, near all these places. And her house was built in, like, literally the 1700s. Like, it's a 1700s farmhouse. So we go there. She has a wonderful dog, which, like, you know me. I want to see animals when I am on my trips. 
I want to make yeah. money first and foremost. It's my job. I want to see animals. I want to pet dogs. I want to go to the zoo. I want to go to the petting zoo. Now, I'm here with not only a dog and not only a horse. I'm here with six goats, a bunch of chickens, a pheasant. It's uh, there was a uh, what, there was a really weird goat too that was like really giving me some eyes. All these animals all hanging out together. What a magic moment. You're out here where America sort of was founded and began, where they used to burn women for being women and say it was a a witchcraft thing. You're sort of feeling this eerie winter, crazy air, and you're like, you're kind of brought back into like, yo, like not much has changed. Like we may have iPhones, but like I'm looking at a horse and and a duck and a chicken and a pheasant and a goat and a wood fence and a tree line and like that's the same exact thing people were seeing here 300 years ago it's incredible michelle thank you for letting us come to your house love your dog um sorry about the witchcraft note but like it's very unfair how they treated women during the witchcraft trials it's very disgusting when we look back on it all women are witches because they were treated like witches and it's they're owning it now and they're gonna put spells on you and if you still believe it well then that's on you pal but beyond wrestling beyond has always been like a huge destination and now with sort of the people getting released back into the wild, it's also like a, a relocation of some of these people. And so as they enter back into the independent sphere, they're also the people that like were the last stop before they went to the big, big leagues. And then the first stop kind of, they want to go to when they come back and you're also live. And we were told very sternly by all members of the IWTV and beyond staff that we were referred to as Ali catch and Effie that we were not to be referred to as bussy and this doesn't sit well with me and then they said well if you can get 500 retweets we'll let you be called bussy which like last second on a thursday for your wrestling show we got 400 i'm pretty sure still incredible but luckily there's this thing in wrestling called um building up your relationship with people and i have a good relationship thank god with the legendary announcer rich paladino Rich Palladino is one of the best announcers of all time, has been a beyond legend, and has been on a weight loss journey this year that I want to congratulate. Has almost lost 100 pounds. He says his goal is 100 pounds. He's at over 90 pounds now. He looks incredible. He says he feels healthy. Lose weight if it's your journey to feel healthy for you, okay? He is proud of it. If someone is proud of it, you're allowed to be proud with them. I think that's incredible. But we get in the ring, and I'm expecting people not to be able to say bussy. Now, the crowd is all saying bussy. Bussy, bussy. So I'm like, the work is done. They're chanting bussy. But he's announcing it. And then all of a sudden, this man, Rich Palladino, says from all the way behind the real forbidden door, this is bussy. And I see everyone's eyes go up. And you can see it on the stream, like the look on my eyes of like, oh, (laughs) I was so genuinely pumped in that moment. I got up and gave him a hug. I was so fired up for the match after that. Now, Alec Price, and I did not show you Alec Price, but I, you know, I sometimes have a taste in men that not others would agree with me on, okay? And this particular taste is, I need you to imagine, like, there's a member of One Direction who they didn't let on stage because he smoked too much weed. (laughs) But he also had the voice and spirit and mind of a like 64 year old dock worker from Boston, oh Southie. So he's, he's like full on, like you buster, you're a freaking buster. You stupid buster. 
I'm gonna come in here and put a freaking smack on you, bro. This is unreal. But he looks like that's what makes you beautiful 2.0. And he like flexes his hair back and like he's wearing these beautiful like windbreakers and cute little fanny packs. And he's like very handsome and young, but also like he's he thinks you're a buster and he's gonna take you down and stick your face in your own freaking Duncan. I hope your face freaking burns, bro. And so it's very confusing, but like, boy, there's nothing I like more than being confused. And so we're in this match, and clearly him and Basic Becca as a tag team are in this weird relationship. And I did not get to have any special moments with Alec Price other than him beating the shit out of me. But old Allie and Becca ended up having a little trick trick spot and uh, flipping around, and there was a kiss that I did not even get to see because my head was being smashed at the current moment. Either way, Bussy got really gay at Beyond, and I do want to say, walking around Worcester in this wintertime is a little chilly, but I enjoyed it so much. I went to the medical store there. They have a, or I guess it's a recreational store. Shout out to Massachusetts, really high state taxes, but it's fun to go in there to hang out. Got to chill with Carlos Romo. The Beyond fans are always incredible, but then I had to go the next day to Houston, Texas, so... I made my way back to Boston. God bless Michelle for getting me out of there. I might hire Michelle as my full-time handler because she's the only person who's been able to like pull me from a talking smoke circle, check check in with everyone, try to sell merch, take pictures situation quick enough to get on the road. Uh, the flight out of Boston, easy, fun, love it. Um, but Houston, Texas is its own fucking animal, Peter. And this Friday night, like we kind of discussed this, there were some energies in the air already, right? You just made big eyes at me like, oh boy, who are you kidding? Is there anything you want to add to that? Or do we not go deeper into where these energies may have been on this particular day? Uh, well, it was a solar eclipse that night. Um, first one in three years. These are kind of rare events. And we're currently in an eclipse season. We have like about two more weeks to go before we're done with it. And this is basically the prelude to systemic change, one would say. So this is the dun-dun-dun-dun of what's about to come. Yeah. So it was a little taste of everyone that I know that is a little bit woo-woo was just like, I can't think straight. My energy's all displaced. Like, I can't really function So if you're properly. feeling weird, it's probably the moon and sun. And it's better to blame them than blaming someone close to you. So blame the moon and sun right now. Blame the universe. I love it. I'm fine with it. But I felt like a fucking werewolf, pal. I felt like a fucking werewolf in Houston. Let me tell you, I got to my room. I had a room to myself for a moment. This is the order of food I got. And I'm not... This is real life. This is what he landed in Houston and had... A full order of jalapeno cheddar sausage, a full order of brisket, a full order of pork, cornbread, collard greens, sweet potato casserole, a slice of pecan pie, and a big cup of banana pudding and a Diet Coke to wash it down. I was feeling like an animal, Peter. I was putting so much food in my body. And I usually don't. Like, I've been, you know, I eat. I love eating. I love food. But this was like a hunger deep in me that I could not sustain. And I think my body knew it needed the nutrients to prepare for battle, the battle of the evening against Sadika. And with Houston, Houston's a really fun place. I got to, you know, roll up to the show with my, with my brothers in Christ, AJ Gray and Matt justice. And right when we parked, you know, you park at this place that used to be 
like kind of a chop shop and it's behind a lot of like weird other chop shops. There's like a broken down big Frida tour bus. It's a dirt road to get down to it. And like it's, there's no AC. It's a very interesting place. It's like a beautiful place to watch wrestling. You saw it from the inside, but like getting up to this building is a little much, but we did park that car and we put on simple man, the shine down version, even though we don't like shine down because that's Manser's version so that he would be there with us in spirit. I love you, Manser. I hope your leg heals. But either way, I know you're going to throw boots and knees at Hammerstein, even if that thing is ripped. So power to you. Now, I had a long time to go. I did not know where I would be on the card, but I should have expected it. I was the main event of this evening. And I love being in Houston because you get to hang out with all the luchadors. Like, lucha wrestling is professional wrestling in so many, so many, so many ways. But when you get into it, these guys are also, they have such a different brain length or brain wave towards professional wrestling that is really awesome to be around because you learn so much. And this year I've gotten extremely lucky to get to work with more of these Spanish talent, like psycho clown and like Sadika, who I'm about to get into. Um, and I think it helps increase sort of your view of wrestling and the way you take all of wrestling. And when you can include all of the way they think about it with the way you think about it, either way, this was not much about thinking about it because as you know, because you watched this match, Peter, uh, between me and Sadika at, at Houston, Texas, this was, um, I mean, it was a little insane and it seemed a little off the rails. You're looking at me now. I mean, do you even have any thoughts on this? Is this, was this something, you, you know, you're used to handling? I mean, it clearly, it was very clear. Someone said that we were not being smooth. And I was like, well, what's clear is we were not really working together to get the job done. If you know what I mean. It was very chaotic feeling. Yes. Very chaotic. I'm bleeding everywhere. Nobody can tell me how much. Nobody can tell me how bad the wound is. I mean, you see me trying to dig into my arm to see, I was like, is my tricep ripped open? Is that what I'm dealing with here? And I can say this. And this is not a joke, okay? It is a joke. This is a complete joke. I'm the first person in history, in the history of the world, <laughs> to be featured in business profile and then the next day show up to a former chop shop in Houston down a dirt road to have a blood fight with a woman who does not speak English. What the fuck am I doing? And that's sort of the mindset I get from a lot of people who come to me like worried mothers who are like, Yo, like, you don't have to do any of this. Even poor Giancarlo, he filmed the promo for me, and he was like, you don't have to, like, you don't, you can just leave. You can just just get pinned or just get out of there. Like, don't. And I hate that I enjoy it so much. And the rule is, like, don't work the boys in the back. But if people are getting that worked up and that worried about my safety and my life, then, like, goddamn, professional wrestling ain't fake at all, is it? You know? I was at no moment really worried about my life or safety in that situation. And God bless Brett Lauderdale. He stepped right in and he looked and I said, gash or cut? Which sounds silly. But a gash, I want to get it wrapped and I want to get out of there and I want to get it stitched up. A cut, a little surface cut is fine. He wiped it. He looked. He said, cut. I moved forward. That's the kind of communication you need out there. But there's also the trusting your performer to go, this looks really bad. Somebody should stop this match. If Effie says it's fine, it's fine. Yeah. And that's what people are learning to trust. But if you don't think I'm fine, you got to pay the fine. And that's not helping with my speeding ticket, okay? Houston, though, I finished this match. I'm ex like I'm exhausted to the point where I'm like, I cannot... Like, I showed just side note. I showed it to Will the gash. Yes, and his the first thing he said was he needs to be careful. I love that. I love that people care about me. Like I'm not pointing out at people caring at me, but just know, like I know, I know a little what I'm doing. 
Uh, AJ does not believe I know what I'm doing. He says, every week you come home, you got some new injury, you new cut or do this. I was like, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I love him. I love that boy so much. We got to make sure he knows I'm safe. We're going to Mexico next week though. So I think that's going to be, all right, Peter, you got to talk me into this because I think it's going to cause a fight if I don't do it. Oh God. I don't really like boats. Okay. okay. And I don't want to sound like too much of a baby. And this is stupid. I've had a really bad experience on a sailboat before. And Wednesday, next Wednesday, like in the middle of this trip, we're supposed to go on a catamaran for like six hours. And like a catamaran is like, to me, two, you know, float parts and then like some fiber and a sail. And I was like, I don't think I can do that. You can go on that. And he was like, you're not coming to the events. You're not coming to the activities. And I was like, I don't know. Can I get over it? Can I like get past it? Do you think? You have to be genuine about it. You can't like you. I can't like brush it off for another reason. No, like, I just no, no. I think what I'm saying is that you either need to show up and participate fully, or don't show up at all. See, that's and that's what I was. It's I was really like, really annoying when someone is there and they're trying to prove that they're having a good time, and they're like, right I'm not, and I'm suffering. Yeah, right. Which is why I was like, I'm not going on this, but I was worried that that would create. We're not going to do my therapy on here, but I. I'm going to find a way if I'm on the boat, I'm going to be very nice about being on the boat and very excited. And I hope they have a nice selection of diet sodas and I hope I can throw off the side, uh, throw up off the side. I'm not worried. I'm excited. I like laying on the beach. I like being in the low tides. (laughs) Um, anything deeper than where I can touch, not into it. Not for me. The ocean is Houston. What an airport, the Houston, Texas airport. And like I said after this, you would think, oh, Effie, go get some rest. Let me tell you, I'm hanging out with <laughs> Matt Justice. I'm hanging out with Matt Justice and my homegirl, Allie Catch, and, and we're going out on the town. We went out to the bar, and we stayed out until the bar kicked us out. I don't drink. I was just sitting around drinking Diet Cokes. I was with AJ Gray, too. Uh, and then I went straight to the airport, and I caught this flight back to Atlanta. But I wasn't, like, just flying into Atlanta. I was flying into Atlanta to pick up a rental car to drive to Florida. Again, I did not get a speeding ticket this time. I made it to Florida, but I'm not going to go to Florida yet because I got to go for a moment back home. I went back home. I was only there for a second. I only got to give a little kiss and a bye-bye. But even stepping into your house for a single moment and saying... Hello to your family in the midst of all that fucking chaos. What a pleasure that is. What a beautiful reset of yourself. I did not even shower. I did not even do anything, but I loaded the car up. I got my good friend Ashton Starr in the car. We made our way to go to Fest in Florida. Now, Fest is a show I've been doing since 2016. I was on the very first Fest show there ever was. I did a lot of matches for Fest, and now I'm sort of coming back to Fest after having lost the championship. Now, MV Young did not make it to this Fest, but not because he didn't try, so don't give him heat for this. MV Young uh, wanted to make sure that after his partner was exposed to uh, COVID that they were not going to be able to spread that further, so I actually honor that request. We had a big task because with these cancellations, with the car changes, with it being kind of COVID still, and us wanting to be cautious, we technically only had four matches on this fast wrestling card. And I was like, oh my God, what are we going to do? So I shouldn't have worried at all because all these matches were so good. We had so many things happen. Heather Monroe teaming up with Ashton Starr was incredible. 
the fast faithful were out there, but I also noticed a lot of new faces out there. Now, at this point, I have been beaten up by Becca and Alec Price. Like, they destroyed me. There was a lot of movement. There were a lot of hits on me. The Sadika situation is horrible. My body feels it. I'm covered in blood. I'm still trying to be taped. And now I'm in a ladder match. I am against, I believe, five other opponents. And it's the only way I'm going to get my championship back is if I win this pickle out of a Christmas tree and then uh, turn it in, cash it in, and take back my championship. So I've got to fight six people, five people. I'm fighting myself too, I guess. Not only was I powerbombed onto a chair, not only did I have a person powerbombed onto me through a door where the door is on top of me and they're powerbombed on me, not only was I... Uh, there was a lot of things that happened to me that I feel like were very painful. And then at the very end, at the climax of this moment, Max, the impaler picks me up. They fucking chuck me. You saw the clip. That's a pretty high ladder. It wasn't a small ladder. And I went up in the air and I got slammed. So it's a pickle that you're supposed to grab? Yeah, it's an old German tradition about hiding a pickle in the Christmas tree. And whoever gets it gets a prize. The Germans are so fucking So fucking weird. And they used to have someone come explain it, but... It was always even more confusing after it was explained to people. So now we just put the pickle in the Christmas tree. Max has me on top of this ladder. I look down and Max has been headbutting me, headbutting me. They're just fucking knocking my brain out. And I look and I go, that's half a chunk of a door and part of a Christmas tree. This looks like it's going to go really well. And before I know it, I'm in the air and heading towards my plummeted death. I think this is a 15 foot ladder. I don't know how high that this is a big ladder, 12, 14, 15. doesn't matter. It's a high enough ladder to where, boom, I'm on my back again, and I am even wounded further. My body is feeling this horribleness, but I am still going through the weekend because this is match freaking three, and I am not done. I am not done, Peter. Why did I rent a car to go down to Gainesville? Because I needed to rent that car to go all over America, and that includes going to Indiana. Now, Peter historically I've gotten a little bit of heat before I've gotten put to the coals because of my professional wrestling match with a 11 or 12 year old girl. So you went from Florida to Indiana. I drove from Florida to my house, slept for two hours and then woke up and drove straight to Indiana. Yes. With Ashton star and now with Dylan McQueen joining us in the car and we also picked up, and I want to make sure I get this right, Billy Tipton. Billy Tipton was in the car with us, too. We picked both of them up in uh, Chattanooga for the rest of the ride. But all the way back to my house, and at my house was me and Ashton. And then we were like, see ya, AJ, we're going back on the road again. So while I'm going to all these places, I actually got to check in twice this weekend, like at my house with my partner, which is magic and beautiful. Um, but we're on the road. We're going. This particular event uh, of professional wrestling is for Billy Stark's 17th birthday. Now today, as we stand and record on this Wednesday, the, is this Wednesday, the 9th, 8th, Wednesday, the 8th, this is Billy Stark's actual 17th birthday. So on the last days of her being 16, she did attempt to kill me, uh, multiple times. Now we get to Indiana and I am feeling it. Obviously I've been going through it, the travel, the driving, the hits, the blood, and Billy checks in with me and I say, oh yeah, happy birthday. We're going to have a fun match. We'll figure it out. It's cool. And then something clicked in my head and I don't know what it was, but it may have been demonic energy. And I decided I should punish the shit out of Billy Starks today on her birthday because I'm being given 
the place to do it. So I start the match by kind of saying, hey, Billy Starks. Uh, also, before this, pause. I got to check in with my good friend, Dante Martin, who is on AEW. He is the smartest brain, I think, in wrestling today on, on who is thinking about how we are going to expand what wrestling is and the techniques used in wrestling and longevity in wrestling and body control in wrestling. It's so insane. Always talking to him. Watch him. Uh, and I hope his brother Darius is healed soon, too. Either way. Thank you. Glad I got to see Dante. I'm in the ring. I offer two gifts to Billy Starks. The first gift was a wrestling is gay flag. Uh, Billy Starks has the big Starks brand. A lot of people on it. They got cool flags. They've given me flags and shirts before. I think it's great. Guess what? Big Starks brand. Wrestling is gay flag. That's your first present. That's a genuine present. The second present was a bit of a trick because at this point, it's not that I'm just taking my frustrations out on a girl for her birthday party in front of people at the dirtiest arena in all of Indiana. Uh, but I think it'll make her tougher over time. And I think it'll show people at GCW that she can be the GCW that she is. Now she participates in GCW. She has matches there, but they're always like, well, she's a kid. You don't want her to get to GCW, which I agree somewhat. But I said, the second present is this match is GCW rules now, which means no rules. The rules are out the door. When I tell you this match went from very kind and soft to, she speared me on the apron. She's trying to break my back. She suplexed me into chairs. I'm falling into concrete. Uh, now, did I curb stomp her head? Yeah. Um, did I try to slam her out to the concrete floor? Yeah. Did I put the spikes of my jacket front facing over her face and then throw my boot across it in front of her dad while he was taking pictures? I did. Did I attempt to put a cigarette out on her face? No, that was a prank. So listen, she tried to stab me to death. She put my jacket on and speared me and I could have been impaled and died. And then she swanton bombed me from the top like a young Jeff Hardy with 23 extra pounds of jacket on top uh, and tried to kill me again and I'd had enough. And at that point, that's when I curved some. That's when I lit my cigarette and I had to at least show her this was, this was a real threat she was dealing with. But no, she turned it on me she took that lit cigarette and she put it out on my chest, dude. She put a lit cigarette out on my chest. I heard it sizzle. I felt it. And then what happens? She rolls me up and wins. She beat me on her birthday. That's really the gift. But I was bamboozled. <laughs> I'm such an idiot, Peter. God. I had such a blast putting together this stupid ass match with Billy Starks. And the idea being that like, she continually gets more hardcore over time. And like, you have to pull the hardcore out of her. Um, Billy, happy birthday. I hope you feel hardcore after that. Her mom liked the match. That's what I always lean back to. I'm like, Oh, you get a problem with it. Her mom liked the match. It's cool. So it felt like it was okay. This, this weekend like this, like this four day weekend, I think I really only powered through it knowing that I would be off for basically almost two weeks after that. Like, not off, off, but like off enough to just like not do anything. Uh, I'm yawning now <sighs> because clearly I need the little bit of vacation. I've had no vacation in a while. They always say that these office jobs in America never give out enough vacation. But when you're a workaholic who relies on being paid per date and per appearance, it is very easy to forget vacations exist at all. And some people are going, this idiot, he just talked about smoking for two hours uh, 
just because you're having fun doesn't mean you're not working. I'm always on the clock and I'm always not on the clock and you can be both and it can be stressful and it can be peaceful, but I still need the time to pull myself away because just because my day job is wearing a bunch of panties and falling in glass and occasionally bleeding or having to get my spine relocated back into place by a chiropractor, it is still a job and I take it seriously and, uh, check out that business insider article. See if you still hate me. You might hate me more. I'm exhausted, Peter. It all caught up. Uh oh. You want to do some questions? I got to do some questions. Oh, we're playing. I'm sorry. I hope the questions open up even more. Okay, so this is uh, the full question from last. I I guess it was technically two weeks ago. The question that got cut short from our friend James. Okay, good. Hi, Uh, James. Glad you resubmitted. Resubmitted. Uh, hi, Effie and Peter. Just wanted to say thank you for the show this week. You helped talking about the training in elephant. You talking about the training in elephant book helped me out. I'm listening to the episode and the news breaks from the uh, Kyle R. murder trial in Minnesota. It was sitting in my brain and making me pretty mad, but I'm at home with my kids and realized being kind of short with them because of my mood. You helped me get back to the right headspace with your breakdown of the book. Thanks for everything. Oh, that's very sweet. It's very magic. The book is magical. I suggest it to everyone. I even, I'm not saying I'm perfect at it because I did a thing this morning where I was already upset about some other things and I brought them with me into another situation and it's really easy to do, but with practice, you don't do it as much. And I think the only thing you're going to really find a problem with is sometimes when you're dealing with things that are, uh, very, very serious or terrible to other people and they are not to you they will take that sometimes as offense but protect your own mind protect your own spirit and take the thing seriously you need to and don't carry the baggage of other people's conversations or other people's issues around with you i think that's a great place to start you know yeah absolutely uh one of the things too about like especially if we're talking about relationships what if you get into an argument with your significant other and you've resolved whatever the argument is, well, your cortisol levels are raised because of the argument happening. And that's when you start going, well, now here's five other things that I'm unhappy about. And so honestly, the best thing that you can do once you feel that you've resolved that argument is the two of y'all like don't hang out for 20 minutes. Because you got to let all that go down. (laughs) And then you'll fully reset, which is why you're just like, perpetuate that cycle over time i love that take the time apart take the time together this is another episode of uh relationships with no i'm just kidding this is not what this is peter i feel like i'm forgetting something and i don't know what it is and i I, you know i can't bring myself to remember what it is um i will say this though i have done more and more checking in using the crap system which is my own system i think it's good for me And I do throw the die. I throw the die and I let it be known what is going on. And there were two moments in this weekend where I rolled sevens, which is craps. And in those moments, I've started to learn that it does not mean anything negative. And it means I need to reflect 
on what I do and do not have on the table and what I'm dealing with at the current moment. And sometimes when you roll craps, it's because it's time to go home and you haven't lost anything. And I think that's beautiful. So as long as it feels like a good method to me, I'm going to keep checking in with the dice. So if you see me rolling around, just like throwing a pair of dice real quick and then throwing them back in my bag, don't worry about it. And if it's hard eights, give me an extra 20 because things are looking up. Never mind. I can't ask for money anymore. No grifting. Do not grift. The last thing you want from rock and roll superstars is for them to grift. That's why we have to create fables where they create their own money, where they where they grow their own trees, where they make their own fantasies. Let me just tell you, rock and roll fables isn't doing any of that. What they're doing is making cool coverage for all your favorite things in media, music, art. What's going on in the world? You can find out there in the art world, in the media, in the rock and roll fantasy scape at rockandrollfables.com. Or if you're a social media person at RNR Fables, that's on Twitter. It's fantastic. Their content is always updating. They have a lot of people on the site writing for them, checking things out, bringing all sorts of things in. So it's worth a check out. Rock and Roll Fables at RNR Fables. This is Weekend at Effie's. Do we have another question? We do have another question. Oh, let's do it. Okay, this is from Martin. Hello, Martin. Hi, Effie, Peter, and Lucy. Uh, bonus points for uh, the Lucy show. Total bonus for Lucy. She's sleeping on this couch right now. I love listening to your podcast every week over here in the UK. I was wondering if Effie would ever come to the UK wrestling scene. With the borders opening up, it seems more likely that UK promotions will go back to the formula of bringing in import talent. I haven't been to a UK show in three years due to lack of interesting wrestlers, so maybe it's kind of a selfish question. Maybe I should get on a plane instead. Many thanks to you both putting on a genuinely interesting and thought-provoking podcast, Martin. Martin, this is fantastic, and you actually may have just awoken up what I forgot about in here, which is uh, what was really firing me up all this weekend. And if you saw me this weekend at all, I think this, beyond anything else, beyond the energy drinks of the pre-workout that made me bleed too much out there at the freaking uh, Saudi match, this is the uh, spite that almost was keeping me going this weekend. Now, this is a roundabout way of saying, yes, I am going to be coming to the UK. I'm very excited to come to the UK, but I'm setting up my UK tour a little different than some people set up their UK tour. I am going to go for a, an extended period. I would like to do as much as I can, but also like to do some speaking engagements, things like that, seminars, uh, because I feel like the more I am around wrestlers who are coming up in the scene, who have been in the scene, especially now that like there's confirmed information about, uh, you know, what I've done in this business insider article and what I'm able to do. Um, my hand is strong, Peter. I have a very strong hand and I've proven that. And I am not always the smartest or the most correct about anything, but I have a real sharp knife and I'm not scared to go up and cut first if I need to. And my hand can be as strong as it wants to, but if everyone's brain starts thinking, not exactly like mine, but at least in terms that I think and in ways that we make money and how we entertain people and what our value is as an asset to the show and what our value is as the primary portion, to me, Peter, right now, this podcast is accessory and I talk about the primary and accessory and I think the accessory is absolutely necessary. I think it's fantastic. All of the podcasts, all the interviewers, all of the people who film, record, Everyone involved in wrestling who is not bumping on that mat, you are all necessary to wrestling, but you are based on the primary and the primary of wrestling is us that are out here wrestling. And the more I hear 
from people and from their struggles and from the things that have caused them grief or mental anguish in wrestling. It comes from people who don't bump and it comes from people who are the accessory to what we do. And we have to sort of change our brains and take our brains back into a position where boom, we feel like we are the primary and they feel like we are the primary because it's easy to say, oh, well, we could just get new people to do it. But you see time and time again, you have number one promotions that stop booking certain people or stop putting people on or start thinking they can do it with just their local people. It's the name that sells the show and they find out that it goes into the dumper pretty quick. And so about coming to the UK, I would like to do that because globally, I would like to continue being able to talk to people and show them these real world methods and these real ways that I've been able to kind of expand myself out from here's what I do. I take a bump. What is that worth in the rest of my life? What is that worth in the ways of collecting income or uh, using that to expand a character or using that to say, Hey, you know, just cause you saw me wrestle for 10 minutes, I've got more than that. And expanding that outward, I want that to come and show itself in a whole new global way. I want to continue showing people that DIY is the way to go. And I want to clear up that like, I'm independent. I'm happy to be independent. I love being independent. Independent does not mean I will never show up on certain things or never show up at certain places. Independent means I am dictating my own career and I'm dictating my own goals. And so I won't work with people who can't match those goals. And I hope other people, if they stand in the same way, not only will I just, you know, have a lot more people that want the same things I want out of shows and out of treatment of performers, we will also have the people who are booking us and the accessory all around being more on our page and being more willing to hit our demands if we're all demanding the same things. So roundabout way to say, I cannot wait to come to the UK. I have a lot of friends in the UK. I have a lot of fans in the UK based on how much merchandise I send over there. So to actually be there would be wonderful. And I think we're in a really great time of rebuild over there where there's so many great young talents. You know, I watch the OJMO. I watch Visage. I watch uh, people like Mad Kurt. There's so many interesting talents over there that I'm very excited to see grow and I would like to work with. So let's keep it up. Let's make it happen. Effie's coming in 2022. 2023, though, I might go in a whole different direction and change the whole landscape of wrestling completely, but I haven't decided if I'm going to put the stake to the ground on that yet. Think about getting a bus, Peter. Was that a big answer for I'm going to England? I was real fired up all weekend. I was talking to a lot of people about it. And if you're in the car with me, boy, you got the best version of that anyone's ever heard. 14 hours in the car before Ashton Starr had to hear it all. Just fired the fuck up. Oof. Effie lives on Twitter. Effie lives on Instagram. Effie lives on Twitch. Effie lives on Pro Wrestling Tees. Effie lives on Cameo. Get a Cameo. It's Christmas. I'll dress up. I don't know if you ask for it. Peter, what, what you got going on? Weekend at Effie's at gmail.com if you would like to promote something on the podcast and sponsor us or ask a question. And uh, I am at Low Sky Dance on Instagram and Twitter. Come check out my alien Is it picking guts. up a little bit? Is it, it is. It is? Because I'm, I'm sending a few over there. We call it the Effie hug. It's one of the best things I've ever created. You think it's fun to hug me? It is. But it's more fun to get the digital hug. <laughs> digital hug. Uh, yeah, I know. Actually, lots of new stuff in that department. Yeah. Um, a lot of aliens have been showing up. There's an increase in alien activity. And... People need to see it at Low Sky Dance. At I can't Dance. explain it. I can't explain. You just have aliens. to come see the aliens. You have to see the aliens. It's incredible. 